Are you interested in bringing communities together? Are you interested in bridging cultural and communication gaps? Are you interested in podcasting? We want to help build a better world through better understanding of one another. And we want to amplify your voice in the conversation. So bring your ideas and voice to the Venn Network. We will help you bring your voice to the world. Two Iraqis came here to this country, were radicalized. For that terror attack overseas. Assalamu alaikum, Periscope. How are you? Good evening. Welcome to the Raw Islam podcast. Uh, we're getting ready to go live on YouTube over there. So stand by for just uh, two, three minutes here, or not even that, just two or three seconds. And uh, we will be live on YouTube and we will start our show. So obviously, if you follow us and watch this on Periscope, you get the pre-show. So this is pre-show. Let's uh, jump over to YouTube and get started. Assalamu alaikum, ladies and gentlemen. Assalamu alaikum, boys and girls. Welcome to another edu- educational. Ed- uh, you know what? Let me go ahead and just try that all over again because that was absolutely terrible. I have obviously not had enough coffee today, even though it's 8 o'clock at night. I need more coffee. Let me just do take two on that. Assalamu alaikum, ladies and gentlemen. Assalamu alaikum, boys and girls. Welcome to the most edutainment podcast about Islam that you can stream at 8 o'clock on Tuesday evenings if you're on the East Coast and 7 o'clock if you're in the Texas area. And I could tell you what time you'd be able to watch this in California, but that would require way too much math. But we are happy you are here this evening, the only show that is kind of directed by our audience and we talk about the things and topics that are concerns to you and ladies and gentlemen without further ado i give you the hardest working imam that i know imam azhar assalamu alaikum welcome this evening to another episode of raw islam with imam azhar slash brother carl uh we welcome you here and what we want to do today is to distinguish between who we are and the difference between us and other podcasts. Uh, there are times, I believe, in other podcast live streams that occur where they pull different people in uh, to speak with you, the audience. Uh, in our podcast, we are founded on the basis of making you uh, our guest and part of the discussion. Our audience are going to be the people who will listen to this after us. So thank you for joining us once again as we discuss the topics that you select on Twitter every week. And today, um, it's um, it's a sweet and sour discussion in my books. Uh, but without further ado, I'm going to ask Brother Carl to do what he does every week and give us a rundown on the Twitter poll that went out uh, through Venn Network and uh, what you, um, our guests, selected for the topic tonight. Brother Carl? Thank you, Imam Azhar. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, every Monday on Twitter, we post a poll that you can take part in so that you can help control uh, the topics of the show. Obviously, we line up the poll, but if you go over to Twitter and you follow us at V-E-N-N-N-E-T-W-O-R-K, 
uh, every Monday you can take take part in this poll and you can help the direction of the show. And tonight our poll, as it was posted, was uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. Uh, Ashra Nomi. Ashra Nomani. There, Ashra Nomani. And, of course, my personal grab bag favorite of What's the Deal With which is just a random thing that uh, 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 is up in the news today and, you know, what whatever a hot topic would be. But uh, as you guys saw while it was on the screen, it's the Morgantown and what's the deal with that were our winners this week. So with that, back to you, Imam Azhar. So this is the first time we have what's the deal with, and I'm happy because it couldn't have come at any better time. Uh, and we are going to be discussing what's the deal with California um, later on in our show tonight. Today, we want to start out with Morgantown. As you know, those who follow me on Facebook, and please do send me a friend request if you're interested in following my journey of what I do here at the mosque and across the country. I was invited uh, to speak at the West Virginia University uh, last weekend in um, designing a Cross Divides conference where people of different faith backgrounds and abilities and professions came together to discuss the importance, the manner, the methods, and the ways to bridge the divides within our community uh, in uh, poor neighborhoods, in rural areas, to interfaith divisions, and the divisions that are happening as we speak in our nation and in our world. It was an honor to present at the West Virginia University and also discuss my experience uh, when it came to the Pulse nightclub shooting and how the Muslim community worked towards bridging the divide within the community and preventing a spillout uh, in the city and possibly the nation when it came to the Muslim community and the LGBTQ community and also discussed about Islamophobia and how this is an opportunity for us as a people and a nation uh, to bridge that divide. Um, I ended with a few pointers that I felt were my lessons that I learned and I felt that it's imperative that I share those lessons with others because all of us are working towards something wholesome and meaningful, need the tools and best practices of others to implement for uh, a more swifter and sustainable change. Um, in regards to Morgantown, a very small town, which I felt was uh, a unique town. Uh, to me, the entire town was a university town. I believe there's three or four campuses. It stretched across the whole town. You have this little dinky little electric cart that goes from one campus to another. It was very cute and it was a very beautiful sight to see a city or a town that's uh, fully uh, embracing education, academics, academia, students. And uh, I felt a very good vibe at that place. Um, uh, of course, the airport wasn't uh, a place where flights would frequent, so had to drive uh, close to two hours from Pittsburgh uh, to Morgantown, West Virginia, and then back uh, for my return flight. But what I want to talk to you about Morgantown today uh, was an experience that I learned of, and I am uh, I'm going to seek forgiveness for my ignorance because I didn't know how big of a problem this was a few years ago. Uh, myself, the wife of the imam, and another sister who was visiting from uh, from Washington, D.C., 
uh, we were on our way to Juma prayer from the conference and uh, they talked about Asra Nomani and how this was the mosque that Asra Nomani had attended. Um, and of course, that's not the topic of our discussion tonight, but I was clueless. I was clueless as to who she was and what the issue was. Uh, the masjid was a very small, beautiful family feel type of a mosque. Sisters had their entrance. Brothers had their entrance. Brothers went upstairs and prayed. And I don't know where the sisters went up. I think another floor above to pray. Um, and we prayed Juma. The imam was a nice imam. He gave a sermon about trends versus needs. And uh, we came back. Um, the following night, I spoke to my good friend who's also in Virginia, but he was too far for me to meet, Brother Saud, and we talked about this, and he enlightened me as to what happened in this small town. Now, since that's not the topic of our discussion tonight, and I don't want to jump into that, but I want to talk about trauma uh, when it comes in different packages in different places. When a community is raveled uh, by a problem uh, which may not be necessary, it leaves the community scarred for life. Uh, this can be said for New Zealand and its shooting. Uh, Christchurch, New Zealand is changed forever. It doesn't matter how great the vigils were or how great of a performance Cat Stevens did, use of Islam, uh, the, the, the city's changed forever. Every city that's hit by man-made or natural disasters or problem, they are changed. And what happened there where Islam was challenged, the status quo of Islam was challenged uh, because uh, someone felt that Islam needed a change and women need to pray in the front of the mosque, uh, which doesn't take away nor does it give any more legitimacy to anyone because if we read the history of Islam in a unbiased fashion, the rights that women gained 1400 years ago, it took the world close to that much time to gain half or three quarters of those rights for the masses. So it's unfortunate that the Muslims themselves are ignorant of that. And we take the acts of Muslims to be the acts of Islam, when Islam and Muslims are two separate things. Uh, and we have to keep them separate so that we don't blur the line between the two. But nevertheless, um, when I looked back after I realized that truly this town was shaken up by an unnecessary issue that hit the nation to the extent that even PBS did a documentary on it, uh, I think it's called The Mosque in Morgantown. And you can check it up if you want to. But to me, I felt that this was something that could have been resolved and understood in the context of faith with a great discipline and understanding. And I want to give you my example in regards to small towns, because I used to be an imam at a very small town known as Port Charlotte, which was a very friendly going town. A, a lot of uh, baby boomers, millennials, millennials, there were um, Generation X, but a lot of snowbirds and a lot of elderly people. And, um, you know, everyone kept their respect and kept their distance and things kind of moved on good. But an organization known as Act for America uh, preyed on this small town to see how they can cause a rift in a divide by challenging the school board system of Charlotte County and saying that the textbook that was used for history was um, indoctrinating the children on Islam 
and uh, it was converting them without their knowledge because the textbook has a testament of faith, but that's saying this is what the Muslims say. Just like uh, if we if it's written Jesus Christ and we see Jesus Christ, uh, doesn't take us into Christianity and just by saying there's no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. Learning the context of Islam doesn't make someone a Muslim. It's something you do intentionally. It's something you do with knowledge. And so um, our town was shaken up. Our town was shaken up from the teachers, the staff, the school board, the students, the newspaper, the city. And everyone started coming out of the woodworks with their opinions and their suggestions and their concerns and their fears. And it was non-existent in my books until that moment. And so Morgantown being such a small town taught me a lesson. And that lesson is a simple one. Never feel that you're immune from problems that may arise. You don't have to be in a major city for there to be problems. You don't have to be in the heart of a country or in a popular country. Problems can stem anywhere at any time. And the only way to stop it, prevent it from happening, is to ensure that we are on top of our game, doing a proactive taking proactive measures, doing proactive effort, not waiting for something, God forbid, to happen, and then take a reactive response. So that, my friends, is Morgantown and my short experience of three and a half days in Morgantown. And with that, I'll turn it back to Carl and see what he has to say and what our listeners, what you have to say. Carl? So we do have one comment, of course, uh, from our super fan, Sister Layla. Salam, Sister Layla. Thank you for joining us this evening. Always a pleasure. And uh, I think the only thing that I would add personally is uh, small towns are very interesting and unique because you have to, I mean, for those that don't know, I come from a very small town in New England myself. You know, my, my, my high school graduating class was probably all of 20 people and it was the largest graduating class in like years. So, you know, I come from a very small New England town. So I get that, but I also get the misinformation and the 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 rapid spread of you know the the whispers backbiting you know we're, we're not supposed to do that and there's a reason for that and it's because it leads to misinformation and things like that i remember when i moved here to virginia before i converted uh the the i know I'm, this might be a bit of a tell on my end uh the high school that my wife attended was a private high school and it was founded by the saudi government and there was a big thing about the textbooks that they were using to teach look right here in the textbook it says you have to kill all these people it says in the textbook this is what they're indoctrinating them into and so you know it's it's it really is one of those things where it's like okay you know, you're taking this one little thing way out of context and you're messing everything up and you're buying into the fear rather than taking a minute to learn. And unfortunately, especially the smaller the town, the quicker that is to happen. And that is so true. You know, uh, that's why small towns all have a unique touch. Walaikum salam, Sister Laila. Before I forget to say that, thank you for joining us once again tonight. Uh, and yeah, so each town is very unique. While in all major cities, you could find a correlation and uh, some level of symmetry. They're kind of the same. They got the same vibes, the same places, the same opportunities, the same restaurants, 
high-end part of the city, the low-end part. Like there's, it's kind of the same. London, Paris, New York, it's kind of the same. But towns are very unique. Their demographics are very unique. And I feel, and I feel this that if those of us who live in small towns, especially for our listeners or whoever's going to be downloading this on iTunes or Google Play. Or going to be sharing it with their friends. Remember, if you're in a small town, you have a bigger opportunity to make a greater impact in a small town than you do in a major city. Remember my words on this. It doesn't sound right, but believe me, you can do solid work in a small town and bring great change that you will not be able to accomplish in a major city. Just remember those words. If it doesn't make sense now, I think it's going to make sense somewhere down the road. So yeah, that was Morgantown. That was uh, the trip to Morgantown. And that was what I call the sweet part of our discussion tonight. We're going to go to a sour part. And um, uh, before we do that, just an announcement, um, and I didn't tell Brother Carl this, uh, next Tuesday at this time, I will be at a Jewish synagogue participating in a reading of the names of the victims of the Holocaust. And as a Muslim leader of the community, I'll be participating in that ceremony and in that uh, event. And I don't know if I'll be able to speak to you next week. We might do it a bit early, we might do it a bit late, or we might just do it on another day. So we'll keep you posted. But on a sour end tonight, um, Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle. Many of us don't know him. And truth be told, I didn't know him. Um, and when I saw the first post of Russell Westbrook, who I follow, uh, a post of him, I think, hugging uh, Nipsey. And then I heard from a friend of mine that he passed away. And then I heard the comparison between him and Tupac. I started figuring out what was going on. And Nipsey was shot, I believe, six times. They just arrested the the possible shooter. And um, he was a rap artist. He was a good person in his own ways. But the thing that he stood out for was he wanted to bring about change. He was actually working on putting together a seminar between the people in the hood and the police to bring about wholesomeness and understanding and to stop police violence. I.e. he was a solution maker. He was a game changer. Um, it, it, it comes as a shock and it comes somewhat as not a surprise that someone who's trying to do big things in places where people feel big things can't happen, his life ended so soon. But I posted today and I said that change, mark, change makers sprout up throughout time. Their passing is a seed for others to sprout and continue. At the time of his death, I would love those people who adored him, admired him, loved his music, and loved what he did because he caught the eyes of big people and small people around the world and around his city. Again, he worked in the neighborhoods where he was brought up and he felt that change can happen there. So in the absence of people of such who are so instrumental and vital for change to occur or for the hope of change to occur, their passing is a seed for others to sprout and continue. And I continue stating, I dream of a day when everyone will be a seed and we will certainly grow, converting dirt fields into lush gardens. May the dreamers of today be the leaders of tomorrow. And that's my tribute to Nipsey. Um, may he rest 
in peace. It's such a sad time, not for people who follow rap or artists, but for people who find people in their lives who give hope. We, we, we need to understand outside the scope of religion and culture, hope is a blessing from God. And anyone who can give hope, they're a blessing from God. So may the cities of California and may the cities around America sprout tonight. May our seeds be sowed and may we sprout tomorrow to become the bridge makers, not the wall builders. May we be the ones who merge the playing field and not uh, cause disarray and disruption in our societies. So giving it back to Carl, Amen. Uh, final words? Uh, final words, uh, I don't have much to say on this topic because I don't really know. I, I, I mean, I the only thing I knew was what was in the headlines and what I saw. Um, I do know that it was another young gentleman who uh, was making changes and was a change maker. And uh, I know a lot of people say, I saw a lot of conversation about not only, you know, it's, it's, you're not a hero if you make it out of the, you know, the kind of bad situation where he came from, but you're the hero because you go back and you don't forget where you came from. So, you know, I know he did a lot of good in his community. I know he stayed in there. But uh, I also know there was a lot of concern about uh, just the violence in general. And, you know, I, I even saw Ice Cube, who's somebody that I follow that I grew up listening to. And even he was saying that we, we need to stop with the violence. It's just not, you know, 20, 30 years. I mean, God, let's to 95, 2005, 2015, 30 years later. You know, the kind of stuff that Ice Cube was talking about, you know, here we are still carrying the same conversation. So that was that. Uh, we have a comment from Sister Layla. Yay. It says, why is it always the ones who are game changers who are shot and killed? I also heard Nipsey was going to work on a documentary about Dr. CB who claimed he had a cure of, the cure of AIDS. I did actually hear something very brief about that this yeah, morning, but I wasn't paying true. attention. He was working on that documentary. He was working on a project for um, uh, bridging the violence in the, in the cities. Again, there's two approaches. 99% of people approach is reaction. You know, like hold those signs, hold those banners, go to the police stations, march on the streets. I understand the frustration. I'm not putting anyone down tonight. But there's those who look at this whole thing from a side, from a distance and say, you know what? How can we fix this problem? Because it's a matter of a shooting, a protest, a protest, a shooting, a shooting, a protest, a protest, a shooting. It's like it's like laces. You're going to keep on weaving it in and out. How can we change the status quo? And as I said, that's uh, you put your finger on the right button. Why is it always the people who do this? Martin Luther King, uh, Malcolm X, uh, Tupac, Nipsey. And you know what? That's fine. You know, we won't understand the wisdom of Allah behind this. But what I'll say is spreading fear and violence brings in a lot of benefit to the world that loves greed and money. Spread love and peace. It dismantles those institutions and industries. And it's not violent. We're not being violent when we spread love. We're not being violent when we sit down with our elected officials, our city officials, our police officers and say, hey, guess what? Let's sit down and reanalyze the situation. 
there's some amongst us who think you're not human and there's some amongst you who don't think that we are human. Can we figure this out? You know, AIDS has plagued the people for the longest time. There's been documentaries on if AIDS was man-made or whatever the case was. There's, there's so much information out there. But the thing was, it's hurt a great segment of our population, a global population. Why not solve this problem? Because if we're here to solve diseases and bring forth remedies for problems and to make our world a better place, and I think this was in the right direction, but may, may God be with him at this time and uh, may our world look towards a better tomorrow for everyone, not just for themselves. That's really what I'm hoping for. Carl. I mean, and I know you have a meeting to get to, so we will wrap this up for the evening. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on Twitter. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on YouTube. Special shout out to Sister Layla. Thank you very much for always being the super fan that you are. Yay! Uh, I want to thank Imam Azhar for joining us this morning and imparting, or this evening, and imparting his wisdom upon us, making raw Islam what it is so that all may enjoy. If you enjoyed the show, you can head over to bennetwork.org uh, you can check out all the shows over there and you can see uh, the other great shows and episodes that we have you can catch up on all the past episodes of this show uh, and you can also find swag like what I'm wearing uh, you can also find you can join the conversation over there and uh, I don't know why my brain isn't functioning tonight and Imam Azhar has one more thing to say so back to him to our listeners, to Sister Laila, to everyone, a challenge. Help us design swag that's going to be raw Islam and which is contemporary, which addresses issues, which speaks volumes. I don't want praise be to God or I trust God. I want something that's unique. And guess what, Carl? Any one of our participants, I want you to throw it out there tonight. I want you to throw it on Twitter. Any of our participants that gives us a winning uh, design, we will give them $200. That's what I could afford. That's what we could afford right now. We'll give $200 to the person who gives us the best design. We want to make swag that turns eyes. We want people to see a strong message. It shouldn't be made. It doesn't need to be words. It could be an image that speaks a lot. There was an image that was coming in my mind just the last two days, but I can't draw it. And Carl, that was, there was a shepherd and there's a hundred sheep. And then the other side of the picture is there is one sheep and there is a hundred shepherds. YouTube, CNN, Fox, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Like, who do you follow in this world today? That's how drastically our world has changed. To me, that speaks volumes. But again, let's put together some swag. Let's have some fun. This show isn't supposed to be somber. It's not supposed to be where we are teaching you or lecturing to you. This is a show of conversation. Remember, it is where raw Islam peels the onion of culture, perceptions, ignorance, fear, propaganda, and we get to the core of what Islam truly is. And number two, we are here to converse, to spark discussions, to have greater discussions around the globe. So be a part of our discussions, be a part of this movement, and let's make our world a better place. Carl? And with that, ladies and gentlemen, it brings us to the end of another episode of Raw Islam. Uh, until next week or the week after or something, make sure you follow us on Venn Network on Twitter, Venn Network. Uh, we will say, Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum.
This has been a production of the Venn Network.